From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, okay, but overwhelming. What does that mean? Did Mike Norvell send a message to the nation or his locker room? And who's not getting enough credit for blowing out Southern Miss? Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. You know that, 2475 Appalachian Parkway. Come on out. Lunch specials Monday through Friday. Those are weekdays. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for only $8.99. You get yourself a half-pound Black Angus burger on Mondays. That's the daily lunch special. It's fantastic. It comes with straight fries or curly fries, uh, potato salad. Uh, there's so many options. Freshly cooked potato chips, broccoli, side salad. Did I say potato salad? I meant side salad. But, you know, potatoes on my mind, Corey. I saw somebody, maybe first lady of Wake Up War Chant, Stephanie, her daughter, I think eating like sweet potato waffle fries. Or was I yeah. imagining that? No, no, they have them. And they're uh, apparently really good. Amazing. I don't like uh, sweet potatoes, so I don't. I don't. But I've heard you don't great like potatoes. About them. You just have your anti potatoes. I don't, but I love their fries. Okay, uh, but they're straight fries. Not I haven't really had their waffle fries yet, but okay. the straight fries are great. I had a hamburger on Sunday actually, mm. uh, watching some football. There had a uh, it had a fried egg on it, Aslan. Oh, it had mushrooms, and it was uh, as tasty as always. My man, my man. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Don't forget tomorrow, 7 o'clock Tuesday, trivia night mm. going down at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Warchant.com, your ultimate Semmel sports source. Please hit that thumbs up if you're listening to us on YouTube. That'd be much appreciated. You don't have to hit it right now. We'll earn it, I think, throughout this program, so you can wait. But at some point, hit it. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to Warchant.com. If you're a member, you can obviously get involved in the Ask Ira Anything, Ask Cora Anything, or Cora, mm. Corey. I'm just slipping up here. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just coasting on the laurels now. This Florida State football team. Yeah. I'm like, they're just, they're blowing everybody out. I can do whatever I want. People are going to listen to this show regardless. Uh, but we're still going to bring the heat. I promise. Uh, subscribe to Warchant.com. If you, if you get involved in the over/under contest we have for each game, you can win a $25 gift card to Garnet and Gold, and you get weekly specials to Garnet and Gold just for being a member anyway. So, self-pays for itself practically. It's worth its weight in gold being a member of Warchant.com. All right, Corey, let's get to it. Florida State now two and zero. Uh, 66-13 victory over Southern Miss. You and Iris spoke about it. I I, I titled the uh, the Vitamin Energy War Chant rap. You know, certain lower third graphics I'd put throughout the show give us some production value. And I was mm. like, you know, decent but dominating. Uh, that's kind of how it sums up the night to me. We can dive into it as much as you want, but on the whole, again, Florida State did not look particularly crisp or amazing. Uh, for four quarters, neither did they last week in Orlando. But again, just being productive, being explosive, and when they have a, a, a foe that doesn't have maybe the horses that an LSU does, they're going to win 66-13. What does it mean that they were able to look just decent but still dominate? I think we should specify that. You're talking about the offense. I thought the defense was great. Yes. Uh, I thought the defense was great throughout. Um, I looked at the, the PFF, and like we've talked about, I, I kind of look at it just for snap counts. But I think um, none of the starters were in the top seven or eight for plays in that game. Like Jared Verse played 21 snaps. Uh, Fabian Lovett played 12. 
Fisk was 19. I think Edwin Joseph might have had the most on the team. Uh, Blake Nicholson was up there for the most on the team. The point being, when the starters were out there, and they were substituting liberally even before the game was completely out of reach. 50 guys. 50 guys recorded a uh, snap. That's incredible. <laughs> and then go look on the offense. It's it's almost the same on the offense. It's nuts how many people played. But the defense 44. overall. Sorry, how 40, many? 44 on offense. So 94 players played in that game. Yeah. Plus the kicking, the kickers. So, man, that's crazy. He played 100 kids in that game. <laughs> um, but the point being with the defense uh, – you know they were they they dominated that game. Mm-hmm. Other than a uh, a personal foul on Patrick Payton, which I thought was a horrendous call, he was hitting the quarterback as he threw it. That extended one of their drives in the first half that ended up being their field goal. And then they they blew a play where Akeem Den actually hurt his hamstring. Other than that, the defense was impenetrable. And again, it's 2023, and Southern Miss does have athletes. So it's like you know that's. That that's to be commended. I thought the defense on a short week it would, and you have an offense that you know is going to put up a ton of points. You know, maybe not be that physical, maybe not be that aggressive, maybe not be that dialed in during the week to have the game plan completely owned and 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 locked in like that. But I thought they were incredibly impressive, and I hope people appreciate Fuller and his coaching staff for what they did this week. I know it was Southern Miss. I know there's a lot of bigger tests to come. But that's a really nice statement for that defense to, to do that. But, yeah, on the offense, man, uh, it does say something that I thought the passing game was C-minus at best, mm. and you scored 66 points. Or if you take away the Jari and pick six, you only scored 59 points. Uh, you punted once, I think, when let's, it mattered. That's, let's, that's crazy. Let's stick with defense. That, that was part of the, the open there where I was saying who's not getting enough credit for the blowout. Oh, all right. I, I think that's the defense, right? Because yeah. – you need possessions. You need good field position to get blowout victories, right? Yes. That's what the defense did. And the yep. fact that, you know, I think if you look at maybe the, the first the first two quarters and that first drive or so where they had those first team guys in their core, I think it might have been 75 yards, like legitimately 75 yards of offense they allowed to a competent yeah. Southern Miss team. That's, yeah. you know, again, that's probably not going to be enough to convince the people that are still very – Leary of Adam Fuller and this defense, but I think it it shows that you know when you can dominate and, and impose your will because there was nothing decent or okay about the defense. The defense was completely on on point. That's that's got to be encouraging for you folks that are even skeptical at this point. I'd hope. Yeah, and again, there's more tests coming, so uh, nobody's doing cartwheels and handing him a, a five year extension off these first two games. But you know they the starting defense going back to I think. I just wrote the story, so I'm trying. It's on the War Chant right now, as you guys are listening to this. Um, since LSU's fifth drive of the game, where they scored a touchdown, the starting defense has been on the field for 13 drives and has given up six points, two field goals, mm. two field goals, two interceptions, uh, two turnovers on downs, and five punts. Mm. 13 drives without a touchdown being allowed. The starting defense going back to LSU's fifth drive of the game. That's and they've given up two touchdowns total, and I'm going to guess whatever that would be, 17, 18 drives total, 18 drives total. They've given up two touchdowns. If that's the way they're going to play all year, this team's going to win the national championship, <laughs> like legitimately, right? Because this offense is going to do. It's not going to score 66 every week, right. but as long as the quarterback's healthy and the receivers are relatively healthy, and you don't lose any more dudes on the offensive line, those are all big ifs. I get it. This offense is going to score 35 on just about everyone, at least. So if this defense can be giving up a touchdown once every six drives, 
This is going to be the best team in the country. And so, again, I would say I know it didn't start off well against LSU. Um, but since that second, the, that second touchdown that LSU had, since that moment in that stupid draw they allowed right before the half, since that play, really, let's just say it, since that play where they allowed the 35-yard run on a third and 10 draw with 40 seconds left, they've been, they've been incredible. They, nobody can run on them. Again, two games, I get it. Southern Miss barely even tried in the first half because they knew what was going to happen. LSU barely tried because they knew what was going to happen. If you can't run on this defense, you're in real trouble. Um, and, yeah, so that's I think that's really, really encouraging, man. I, I've been very, very uh, excited with what the defensive line has looked like overall. Um, and I like, the, I like the DBs, man. They played well. They competed. Uh, I mean, Lord knows the Southern Miss DBs competed on Saturday night, but I thought the Florida State guys did too. In that defensive line, they're just rotating in so many guys yeah. where, you know, again, Jared Verse, and by the way, I know Jared Verse didn't have a sack. I don't even know if he had a tackle. Uh, that guy is killing folks. He is really, really hard to to, to block. Um, on Jarian's pick six, Jarian's pick six Jared, Jared is hitting the quarterback as he throws it. He's getting in there about a half, a, about a second and a half after every every time the quarterback catches the ball. He was really good on Saturday night. I didn't I didn't look how many pressures he had, but Two. he only played 21 snaps. So he's got I think he's got five or six pressures this season, and hasn't played a ton. Uh, and he's played you know that's that those are two really experienced offensive lines they went up against. Obviously LSU's is better than Southern Miss, but I think Jared Verse has played well, and that whole defense man has just been. Uh, you know, since that, since late in the second quarter, has been lights out. I haven't seen that from Jared, to be honest with you. He had he had two pressures on on eighteen pass rush snaps. I am not concerned at all about it, but I, I think that's that's encouraging to me is that they are rotating everybody. They do look this disruptive up front, and and Jared's not necessarily. I, I don't see him necessarily wrecking plays uh, left but and you right. Know what but he's that, doing but that, you... but that play that you point out though, Jarian. I saw that happen live. I'm like, come yeah. on, Jared, give me something here. And he was like pushing the, the tackle into the quarterback and got his hand involved in but, there. So. And that's what he was doing. And look, they're going to play much better quarterbacks than that kid on Saturday night. He's a He was a walk-on at Clemson that transferred. Maybe he'll have a nice season. I don't know. I, I wasn't all that impressed with him. But what he was doing a lot was fading backwards. The quarterback was. And that's natural when you see one of the defensive – both tackles – and then Jared Burst, a defensive end, continually pushes the tackles into quarterback's feet. So he's not necessarily making the game-changing sacks yet, but he is impacting the pocket in a way that makes these quarterbacks really, really uncomfortable. It makes them roll out. You know, Jane Daniels had some runs, but makes them maybe roll out into other sacks. So you look at Burst, if he, uh, I don't know, a tenth of a second more, he sacks that Southern Miss quarterback yesterday, but it worked out well but our Saturday, Saturday night because it worked out to be a pick six. And then he was a, ha- a millisecond away from a strip sack against Jane Daniels. Like, he's close. He's good. He's been fine. And think about how good the defense has played these last, whatever what I said, 13 drives, where Burst isn't necessarily wrecking things with production. Exactly. That's yes. really, really encouraging again because it's, it's coming. It's coming. VitaminEnergy.com. Use the promo code WarchampBogo. That means buy one, get one free when you go to VitaminEnergy.com. Uh, try out their variety pack. Shout out to our guy Caleb. Hopefully his uh, Vitamin Energy Super Shot Value Variety Pack shows up here soon and give us a, another testimonial to add the pelts to our growing collection of people. Oh, yeah. My friend Spencer uh, just told me on Sunday that he ordered uh, some Vitamin Energy. There we go. I told him he's going to love it. All right. There we go. 
You know the Immune Plus. There's the B12 14,000, obviously the Workout Plus, Focus Plus. Uh, so many different varieties, so many different flavors, different vitamins in each of these varieties. It's energy with benefits. It's vitamin energy. Again, go to vitaminenergy.com. Use that promo code WordChampBogo to buy one and get one free. Shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's dive into the offense here then, I guess, a little bit, Corey, right? right. Um, looking at these grades, I don't want to dive too much into. I feel like um, we didn't see the best out of Johnny Wilson on, on Saturday, kind of. You don't safe, think? Safe to say that. Yeah. Uh, but, again, they still end up, you know, getting yeah. 66 points. And could have had 80. Yeah. Literally could have had 80. Um, <laughs> so, how do you assess the way the offense played despite, as you said, kind of like a, a C effort uh, through the air? They still – uh, we're able to to move the ball and, and get points. I mean, how does yeah. how do we how do we square that up? I guess I thought um, I thought Jordan was fine. Um, again, fine. His standard is a different standard than most. Um, the, uh, those four down plays he made, Absurd. one on the scramble and the other one. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I felt I legitimately felt I bad for I the Southern too. Miss guys. I did too. Like, what are we supposed to do, Coach? <laughs> Yeah, I have an angle on him. He just races 20 yards further back. What am I supposed to do? And then he flips it to Toa Feely for a first down, and then he runs himself for a first down. That's just that's just a magician doing magical things. You, you can't do anything about that. I thought the receivers were awful by their standards. I'm going to push back on it, but carry on. But it wasn't just Johnny. Keon had two chances at 50-50 balls, dropped them both. They were I so shouldn't say dropped Corey, them. Come dropped on. Them. Didn't drop them. But look, you're special guys. You go make plays. And, and the, the point of the matter is Jordan's given you a chance. Like, that's what Jordan's doing. So they, they look as they look like incompletions, but he had – I don't think he threw a ball in the second half. So he had 14 incompletions in the first half. I would say nine of them were 50-50 balls that weren't caught are just straight-up drops. That's not great. Now, Johnny was horrible. Uh, Johnny's – and that's something we need to talk about later because I don't want to focus on that too early because they scored 66 points. And I do like to enjoy wins because we didn't get to do this a lot nope. the last few years. So this nope. is fun. I don't want to just start hand-wringing so early in the show. But I guess I'm doing that with the receivers anyway. I think if the receivers had played to their capability, let's put it. I, and, again, when I say awful, they, they weren't awful. They're uh, They were not very good by – what my standards are for them. Uh, Hakeem had a chance to make a 50-50 catch, didn't. Deuce did. Keon had two. Johnny had three or four. They dropped all of them. Now, Deuce made a nice catch on a third down on the first drive. That was really good to see. You also see the speed we're talking about with that kid on the reverse. Holy moly. That kid is a can be a weapon. Um, and it's, it's awesome to see Darian Williamson making plays. He had a great third. He made probably the best catch of the game, I thought, by an FSU receiver. Not the best play, that was Keon hitting the trampoline. But the best catch, I thought, was a third down catch where he kind of went low over the middle. It was kind of behind him. Mm-hmm. And he made a really good – that was good to see, man. So he's stepping up. Deuce Span is becoming more of a, 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 I guess, a factor than we thought. But I just thought overall, if the receivers had played well, Jordan would have thrown for 350 yards and five touchdowns or four touchdowns. 
I mean, they literally have a drop stat on here, like drops. They didn't credit any Florida. How? How is that even? Right. Come Again, on, you keep using PFF. We're uh, going to have to veer away from gonna it. We're going to have to veer away from because it. Because Jaheim – and look, Jaheim had a drop on the very first play that didn't count because it was an offsides anyway. Right. Um, but that was a terrible drop. First play of the game. He's why That's a 20-yard gain probably, at least. He might have scored. Um, and he just flat-out drops it. Johnny's drops are weird because we all, we all know what a Johnny Wilson drop looks like. Typically, hits off his hands. The two that I had that were like I thought were out and out drops, he caught the ball and then as he came to the ground, the ground knocked it out, uh, which isn't good. Don't do that. But hold on to a big guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I wouldn't credit any of. I wouldn't say Keon had a drop, but I would think if you ask Keon, both of those plays he thinks he make he should make. They're fifty-fifty yeah. balls. I mean, he pulls himself to that standard, but again, yeah. I, some of it was really good coverage. I think one yeah, of them was on the Yeah, credit to you're right. Line, credit you know. to the Southern Miss DBs too, because yeah. they did fight and they ripped at the ball. I just, you know, when you get into these these tougher games with these better DBs, I, I just want to see them. I want to see what I saw on uh, against LSU, man. I, I but maybe the Southern Miss DBs are better than LSU's, and that's yeah. not a joke. Yeah, like those LSU corners didn't fight at all. Now it was good for these L, for these FSU receivers to get that kind of competition where they probably thought they had those catches, they were ripped away, and now you have some stuff to work on uh, as you get ready for the rest of the season. Am I being naive to not – I'm not concerned about any of this stuff. Like, no. I think Johnny will, will work through it, and I know there's you know, some people tweeted at us, you know, this is all fine when you're doing it against Southern Miss, but, you know, you can't do this against other teams. Like, I, I get it, but it's week two. Yeah. You could not – you could literally – I don't think you could compose a better schedule than what Florida State has this year to – for just going through the the normal ebbs and flows of a season, right? You're going to go to Boston College this weekend. It's almost like a dress rehearsal to get ready to go to Death Valley and play Clemson, who certainly looks vulnerable. Then you have an off week. You come yeah. back home for a month, seemingly. I mean, there's, you know, they're going to find their footing here soon enough. Like, yeah. wake me up when they start looking and kicking them, playing with their food against like Duke and Miami. Then it's a concern when we're talking deep yeah. into October. But right now, it's. That, look at look at the scoreboard, everybody. And I, I know there's it's a very small minority that are that are quibbling over these sort of things, and they're probably not even panicking. But like I don't know if you're here to feel you know skeptical energy, can't bring it, folks. I can't. I can't. I can't act that way. No, and me either. My point was. And I don't think you are. I, I wasn't trying to say you were a core. But think about what that offense did. Where again, I'm not. I wouldn't say the receivers did any better than a C minus. Uh, in my opinion, uh, they lost. Uh, I don't know. They won a 50-50 ball. Which they're it's called 50-50 for a reason. You should win half of them. I think they lost all of them, um, and they still put up 66 points. Meaning, when the receivers play better than that, and they will, um, and and also Jordan had a touchdown to Deuce, and he threw the ball too short. Uh, now Deuce still could have caught it. Would have been nice if he caught it. But Jordan's got if he leads them, it's a walk-in touchdown. So Jordan, you know, the ball placement wasn't incredible all the time. But I just thought, you know, his receivers didn't do him a ton of favors like they did in the first game, but it's game two. Yeah. And and when it comes to Johnny, um, look, man, what bothered, what, what concerned me at all, and it, certainly the game didn't matter. Um, and, I mean, him not being good and him not having a catch in the game clearly didn't matter. They won by 53 points. He is the guy in that receiving core, other than number four, that is, he's just an unlike anything else. And I do think, 
even though you like what you see out of 21 now, and Deuce is making plays, and Hakeem is coming on, Van Dravius, one catch touchdown, our man Destin finally had his first catch, mm. Winston Wright made plays. Like They have a nice receiving core, a good receiving core. But to, to reach what I think their ceiling is, the 6-7 monster on the outside is something that just nobody can prepare for or simulate or clearly cover. And he always gets open. It's just a matter of him fighting himself. And what was what was concerning to me, if you're going to be concerned at all at a 53-point win, and like I said, you probably shouldn't at all, is, you know, I, I, I will say what I see. And what I saw was after his fourth drop, quote-unquote, he didn't play again. And when the offense was huddling at midfield between uh, those, you know, incessant and interminable TV timeouts, there's th- the whole offense is surrounding Atkins and Norvell or Johnson. They're all in there talking about the series, talking about the play. Johnny Wilson's standing at the back of the huddle with the walk-ons. He's not engaged at all, at all. And then in the second half, he's not on the field when the second half starts. And then when he does show up on the field, he's in shorts and a T-shirt. I don't know what that means. You know, Norvell was kind of weird about him in the postgame. I thought he was going to talk about an injury or something, but then he didn't. I thought he hinted at it, though, no? I thought he did, but then I went back and listened, and I wasn't sure. You guys can go watch and, and, um, and see for yourself. But, again, I think to reach the ceiling that this team can get get to, 14 has to is going to be a big part of it. Yeah. And was that just a blip, which we all hope it was, and I'm not making too much of it yet because it's game two and they just won 66 to 13 and they're averaging 55 and a half points per game. But was that a blip or was that something to be concerned about? I think we'll know more this week because you got Clemson in two weeks. Yeah. I don't know that you can go in there and roll over Clemson or even win the game if Johnny doesn't make a special player. Well, no, yes, you can. Yeah, but it win. certainly would help to have that big old comfort security blanket on the outside on third and nine where you can just throw it up to him and he gets 25 yards. That is a nice luxury to have. And you hope that Jordan still has him moving forward because obviously Keon Coleman is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't want to play pop psychologist here, but I do wonder how this is affecting Johnny having some struggles and then seeing Keon really living up to expectations and, and yeah. seemingly thriving and how that's going to maybe affect him. And, you know, it's one thing to say all the right things. Like, hey, man, I'm, I'm glad he's here. He's going to make my life easier. But then when you see maybe somebody kind of maybe moving a little bit further along than you are, you know, you, you, some of your friends might be more successful than you are. And sometimes you might look at that in, in a different sort of lens or prism. But I, I would think that the, the team concept here is – is rock solid, so it, it won't. I do too, right? I don't get that impression yeah. from Johnny. I, yeah. Johnny to me strikes me as a very good kid and a very selfless kid. Like there were games last year where he had one or two catches and he was still blocking like a madman outside. Yeah. I just think he's a big part of this offense moving forward against better competition because that's just something the Clemsons, the Miamis, the Dukes, I guess. And then if you get to championship level games, those those teams they might have answers for Deuce Span. Or Darian Williamson or Winston Wright. Nobody has one for Johnny Wilson when he's playing well. That's like a feather in your cap. That's an ace that's an ace up your sleeve that nobody else in the country has. So you just want to make sure he's right when it matters. So I think it's the third drive for Florida State in the first quarter. Uh, Corey, they they end up going for it 
on fourth down three times in one single drive. Yeah, how about that? Including uh, Jordan's absolutely mesmerizing scramble. Yeah. Just a, a complete, absolute, gorgeous, just heart-wrenching thing if you're a Southern Miss fan. All right. Uh, and then they proceed in the first quarter to then kick an onside kick. So Yeah. Is that a message to the nation? Was that a, a message to the locker room? To me, to continue to play pop psychologist here, Corey. Not being a father, but I imagine there's certain moments that you know Brady is capable of doing better than what he's doing, and you might be a little – you have to kind of poke and prod him along, and you're like, sure. I know you – I've seen you do this. Do it. Do it better. And I, I feel like, again, man, it was their third drive. I think they the previous drive they came away without any points, which apparently is – unforgivable and unacceptable to Mike Norvell. So I feel like this was much more that aggression. I, I thought was much more about saying like, I know who you guys are. I can, I know how talented you are. I see it every day in practice. We have to perform at a certain level of urgency and ruthlessness to be our best more so than him trying to like put the future opponents on notice that they're just going to be freewheeling and wild on fourth down. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think there was a message there. I think it was, I'm taking this game seriously. I'm aggressive. I'm balls out. Mm. Balls with a Z, everyone. Yeah, Come right, on, right. it's a family show. Right, right. Um, but I'm going to be balls out in this game. I'm going to coach like I'm coaching my last game, and I want you to play like it even though we're 31-point favorites. I think there was a message there. I also think it's darn smart. Like, if they, what if they don't go for those fourth downs, Aslan? What's the score at halftime? 17 to 3? Yeah, probably Maybe. somewhere around there. Like, you don't have to punt, gang. And I was thinking about this. And again, I'm not trying to take a shot at your guy while he's down. Mm. But if Jimbo's the coach in those situations, I think all of those are punts. Absolutely. Yeah. It, maybe he goes for it one time, but it, I think all of those are punts. And they all made sense from my point of view, except the last one. I was even being like, what's he doing here? The one that was when it was 28 to 3. <laughs> The ball's at midfield. It's fourth and six, I think. And I'm like, why don't you just punt and go into the locker room up 25 points? Because the only thing – you could not get this. You give them the ball at midfield. They somehow luck into a, a touchdown before half, and then they get the ball to start the second half. Something goes wrong there. Well, now you're kind of in a game. The, you know, the only way they were going to be in a game there is you not picking up that fourth down. But even then, it wasn't – obviously, clearly, in hindsight, it wasn't going to matter. But I liked it. I loved it. I, I think that's what you do when you have a veteran offense. I think that's what you do when you have a great offense. Again, we've talked about it. You're not guaranteed of 15 possessions anymore. I guess that game you were. But most of them you weren't. So fourth and four around midfield, that's that's green light, man. Go. You got Jordan Travis. Go. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like that, but I did think it was a message like, yeah, I'm not punting. I'm not punting. He, I think he was mad at his offense because they weren't good on third down. I think he was mad at his receivers. But I think he also wanted to prove to his players that he wasn't here just to go through the motions. He wanted to put it on them. He wanted to stay aggressive because he expects them to be aggressive. And obviously the message was received. Be aggressive, but responsibly aggressive when you go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code WARCHANT for your instant cash deposit bonus. Shout out to uh, our guy, Island Chief, member, Renegade Express participant, avid listener. Uh, apparently, he laid some money on the Seminoles. Took some of our advice. Maybe Oh, the money line? Did no. he bet the money line? Oh. What do you mean money line? Like, I didn't know if he bet the money line on Florida State for the Southern Miss game, and he won like 35 cents. No, he, he bet Florida State to win the national title. Like oh, a, Like a bold, okay. brave, aggressive man. All right. And okay. turns out they are already offering you to cash out with a profit right now. No lie. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. So Goals. Okay. Yeah. But crazily enough, they're still only only plus eleven fifty to win it all. Texas has better odds. Ohio State's got better odds. Michigan and Georgia. So I don't. Everybody, they're gonna their next game is definitely winnable. Uh, the one after that, I think, is also winnable, and subsequent games as well. So. Maybe you want to get in on it a little bit early. I don't. I can't believe it's still plus eleven fifty. It might change by the time you're listening to this program, everybody. But I'm looking at it, it says plus eleven fifty for Florida State to win the national title. You can bet on that. You can bet on the NFL. It is back after all. If your survivor pool's gone, well, just go week to week over on my bookie. Just use that promo code WarChant when you sign up for the first time. You'll get an instant cash deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Corey, you and uh, Ira discussed this on the on the Vitamin Energy War Chant Wrap, and uh, I want to give you some room to explore on this one as well, give you some space. Uh, but we just we listed earlier on the show about how many different guys played, and, and it, obviously it's great to get all these guys live action, have them out there. But the fact that they were able to still hold Southern Miss at bay, mostly, you know, yeah. I mean, so they kind of moved the ball a little bit there, relative to obviously what the first unit was doing. But this offense continued to make plays. Brought Glenn out there scrambling around like he's Charlie Ward and Marquise and breaking off tackles and going nuts and, you know, Van Dravis, et cetera, et cetera. Harkens to a certain time in this program's history and past where they're able to continue to overwhelm a game opponent, even with their depth. Um, don't Again, I don't want to compare apples to apples. I don't think it's apples to apples, but what do you take away? How pleased are you when you're able to see Florida State throttle a team like this and then see maybe the next guys in line perform quite admirably and well yeah i mean that's how you uh that's how you build and sustain programs like the 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 work that uh nicholson um edwin joseph conrad hussey the work they got on in that game is invaluable man like it's great to do it in practice really truly but doing it on a field where there's another team trying to score on you Proving to yourself that you can and you don't have that bad taste of one play 75 yards like you did against LSU. But that's just how you build programs. You let these guys come in and they're not going to dominate fourth quarters. I I think uh, I thought the second team defense, quote unquote, played very well. The third team defense, there were walk ons that I had never seen before out there. Um, or maybe I just hadn't paid attention to. I didn't know their names that were out there for a good portion of the fourth quarter. Um, but those other guys, those second-team guys that get 25 reps or 30 reps, that's how you build a program. Um, and they 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 held up quite well. I thought I thought they were I thought they were really impressive. Obviously, the offense in the second half did whatever it wanted. I it could have scored 20 more points if it wanted to. Um, but the the defense I thought uh, you know did did really well by the standards of Southern Miss kept their starting offense out there kind of the whole game. Um, and you still, uh, you know, you allowed some first downs, you allowed some yardage, but you know they scored ten points on your essentially your third string. And what that means, again, I don't think this is a one-year anomaly where it's like, okay, next year it's the depth isn't going to be like this. But it did remind. But I don't know if it'll be continue to build like this because these guys are going to play. I don't know who will be behind them. Yada yada yada. But this year in particular does remind me of like a 97, 98, 99 type team where you take your starters out, the guys behind them are hungry, they want to prove, and they keep putting on a defense that just can't compete with them. And again, Florida State's second string is so much is so good in some areas that they're as good or better than Southern Miss's first string. Some by a wide disparity. That's really good, man. That's really, really pleasing to see. 
it had been a, it's been a minute since Florida State could run out subs like that in the second half. Like literally, Jordan Travis played I don't three plays in the second half because they scored. They went up thirty-eight to three on the Benson long run, then the pick six, and that was the end of the night for the first team offense. So again, Jordan didn't throw a pass in the second half, and they still did what they did and put up twenty-one more points after that. That's that's just that's that's old school stuff, man. That's what Florida State used to do to basically every team in the ACC when they played. And that's you. I remember going to games back then. I've talked about this with Jeff Cameron a lot, where we would stay in the fourth quarter just to see the new guys and what they looked like. Like I'm, I'm sure some people stayed in that game on Saturday night to see Brock Glenn, to see Vandravius Jacobs, to see Destin Hill maybe catch a pass, to see Biscuit. Although Biscuit doesn't count, he's he's proven himself. You stuck you know around. I mean? at, you stuck around at the Choke Doke to watch. Like you're like, ah, this I wanted over. to see uh, the kid Busby. Yeah. What's he got? Take Cannell out. Let's give Busby a, a, a few series there at the end to see what it's like. So that that to me is is where you know you're starting to make real strides. But obviously the scoreboard told that story. And again, I just want to bring it up because we haven't talked about it nearly enough or at all, frankly, in this show. Two years ago, the second game of the season. I don't want to talk about it. No, but I just I want to appreciate it because I know we're about to dive in to chasing a championship. And we're going to hand ring about Johnny Wilson here or the defense giving up some plays against Boston College or maybe a close game at Clemson that goes either way. Whatever happens. I want to appreciate that we are now talking about the number three team in the United States. Mm. The number three team in the United States where two years ago we wondered if they would win one game. Or sorry, if they would win more than one game. And then here we are, the, the number three team in the country with a Heisman contender, Keon Coleman doing craziness, Jared Verse, people we never heard of two years ago. Our stars on this team, and Jordan Travis is a legitimate Heisman candidate, and maybe this team is awesome. Like, awesome, awesome. Certainly it's got it's proven the resume looks good after two weeks with two huge blowout wins, and I just I, I, I want to embrace that, man. I want to enjoy it because – after what we went through for four years, I swore to myself, if it ever happened again, I'm not going to sit here and hand-ring about this and that. And then I started out the first 15 minutes of my show, my show. And it is my show, Aslan. Thanks for being a part of it. Uh, our show, um, you know, talking about how I didn't like what I saw from the receivers. And I just want to be like, look, man, the talent is – this. The, the roster has been flipped in a way that you might have the one, one of, if not the best rosters in the United States. And holy moly, is that fun. Now, go beat Boston College, or I'm going to rip you, Norvell. <laughs> they are ranked third now in all, all the polls. This is after Texas went into Tuscaloosa and uh, pretty much, you know, uh, earned. Kind of handled them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's crazy to say that and, and see that, but it, it happens. So now Georgia's one, uh, Michigan's two, Florida State's three. Which is fair, I think, on all accounts yeah, there. Yeah, I just yeah. – I don't know. Again, it's you know the difference between being eighth and fifth and fourth, yeah. but I don't know. I just it, it feels a little bit different. I mean, listen, I, I believe I said this was like a playoff or bust type of year, but when you when you realize like if it all ended right now, like you are in that playoff, and obviously there's ten more games and then a, a championship weekend to determine it. So um, plenty more left to go. But like I don't know, did, did that go into? I, I know you probably wrote your you obviously wrote your column after the game and before the polls came out, but I don't know seeing like the nation maybe take notice now. Does that also 
make this that much more you know special for you, or at least wanted to throw that word around special when it comes to talking yeah, about this Yeah, you team. know what I you know what I saw was uh, um, the bottom line on ESPN um, when I got home at four thirty in the morning. Oh. Thanks a lot. Eight thirty kickoff. Uh, that was great. Eight forty. Eight forty. I apologize. Couldn't. Yeah. And even then, the people at home couldn't watch the first yeah. five minutes. Come on, of the Mac. Game. Figure it out. Good lord, Mac. Get a kicker, man. <laughs> um. So. Uh. So yeah, I, I get home and on the bottom line of Sports Center, uh, it says, "What does it say? Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State roll." Mm. And just think again, just reading that, it warms your heart. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State roll. And I just, it's cool. I, 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 I am so impressed with what they did Saturday night on the whole, especially defensively. To come out there and look like that after on a short week, just that I just think that says so much about what this team can be. The maturity, obviously they have talent and they have depth now, maybe more depth than I even realized. But uh, the maturity to just treat that like a real game, uh, and to and to be ready to be locked in. I mean, I they I think there were a couple of busts total. One was on the play where Akeem pulled up lame, and that's going to be something to monitor here for the the, the weeks ahead. And then uh, you know there was one where they would have had a walk in touchdown on a blitz if the quarterback would have gotten it out there, but he didn't, and they kicked the field goal instead. Other than that, man, I thought they were great. They were really physical at the point of attack. They couldn't run at all. They didn't even try with Frank Gore's kid, who's got 3,000 yards rushing in his career and had, I don't know, 20 in that game. I, it's just – it's really encouraging, man. They, I know Texas have, probably has the best win of the season because they went into Alabama. I don't even know that. Beating LSU like Florida State beat LSU I think is probably still the best win of the season. But I, I, two, two games together, I can't imagine being more impressive than what Florida State has done. It's just like we said last year. Remember that stretch of the four games in a row? It's not normal to beat teams like this anymore. Yep. Yep. It's certainly not normal on six days rest when they're treating it like their Super Bowl and they have real experience, some serious SEC transfers, and they look like a high school team against you. And they know you. Like their head coach yeah. knows Norvell. Uh, and had no chance. It was a complete mismatch even more so than a 31 point spread would indicate it was a bigger mismatch than that uh that's uh i mean they just took their will and they stepped on their throats when they had the chance which is what good teams do and it's what this team learned to do i think last year it had a couple of flubs there at the end defensively but it has come out after that fifth drive against lsu and been really good defensively and if they can just be good defensively again this is probably a championship team mm. Look at that, everybody. It's Corey's, Corey's coming I out. mean, it's been – they haven't even been all – they were not crisp at all on Saturday night offensively, no, as they were They were. And I they know. scored 66 points. Oh, man. LSU's 14th uh, in both polls. North Carolina 20th, Duke 21st, Miami 22nd, yep. and the AP Clemson out, uh, according to the Riders. Coaches, though, got Dabo at 22nd, Miami at 23rd, North Carolina 18th, uh, Duke 20th. So – if you're looking down the line in terms of you know quality wins, but at this point when you're that high, keep doing what you're doing. Other guys in front of you might fall. If not, you're going to hold the course and you'll be fine. Looking at, I'm trying to think if there'd be any point that Florida State maybe jumps these teams. No, uh, I don't know. Georgia's got to go to Auburn. No, they'd have to lose. I, I don't know that you're going to jump them without a loss. Oh right, right. But I'm just saying. I, I don't. You know, Hugh Freeze on the plains. Could be tricky. Haven't watched a single minute of them play football this year. I know they barely eked out a win against Cal uh, this past weekend, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. 
Uh, meanwhile, Michigan, they've, you know, maybe going to East Lansing and Michigan State, although they're a complete uh, mess right now. Yeah. So uh, wouldn't put that on there. But, yeah, they got to go to Penn State. Uh, and they obviously have Ohio State at the end of the year. But I was just trying to think, like, maybe – I wonder if there's, like, you know, people out there trying to think, like, you know, when, is Florida State going to be ranked number one at some point this season before, you know, the, the national title game figures all that stuff out? Um, I don't know. Wouldn't be surprised, though, at this point. Because, again, I just think the schedule just has worked out in such a favorable way. It's incredible. Well, um, it has. But then you've I've seen some things the last two weeks where you're like, you know, I would have thought Miami would be easier than this. I don't I, – I, and Duke, too. And I think those are going to be real games. Those are going to be tests. Uh, Miami was very impressive, I thought, in that game. Their receivers are good. And Van Dyke looks like the kid from two years ago. Which, again, if you pressure him, which Florida State should be pretty good at that, I still think you have an advantage. I still think you're double-digit favorites against both of those teams as these rosters are currently constructed, injury and health-wise. And it, it also sounded like maybe the safety was okay for Miami. Oh, was he? Which, okay. That's yeah, uh, Cristobal said man. that after the game. Yeah. That he they were getting good they were getting good updates from the hospital, um, so hopefully it was just a concussion. I mean he went that was a really scary looking injury and he's a really good player, um, but yeah I don't expect that game to be maybe the cakewalk. It's certainly not what it was last year because I think if Van Dyke's healthy that's a difference maker and I think they're going to be good offensively, and you know A and M scored two of their touchdowns, basically because of special teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So so that you know that that was that was more of a a 17 to 20 point win for Miami that it even looked maybe it was, they, they kind of dominated that game and they, they did really well to A&M's defense is no joke. And it was on Saturday. So that looks like a game all of a sudden uh, Duke looks like a game all of a sudden. Nah, Miami will well, be a game. I don't think Duke will be though. And also Clemson will absolutely be a game. I, I, I know they looked horrible to start that game against Charleston Southern, but it's Charleston Southern. They won by 50 points. They knew they would. I think that might be what separates somebody like Florida. I don't think Florida State in that I don't think Florida State is only up by a touchdown late in the second quarter against Charleston Southern. I think they're all up they're already up by 35 points. Mm-hmm. But talent for talent, I think Florida State is better than Clemson. And I think Florida State should win that game. I think Florida State will be favored as long as they look normal this week in Chestnut Hill. But that will be a hard place to win. That is a hard place to go win. You have to go prove you can do it before we just assume you can do it. And none of the guys on this football team, coaching staff, other than Odell Hagens, has ever won a game in Death Valley. I guess Dugans did, too. Has ever won a game in Death Valley. So th- that that is not going to be easy. I don't think Miami's going to be easy. We'll see about the rest of the schedule. But again, if Florida State plays at its ceiling, nobody's going to beat them. Nope. And, I don't, and I'm, I'm of the opinion now, Aslan, quite honestly. Again, I know we're two games in. I'm not trying to freezing cold takes myself. But if they play at their ceiling against anyone in the country, you're not scared of anyone. No. no at no, all. No, no. You've got, if everything else breaks down, you've got Houdini at quarterback, and you've got one great receiver and another guy that can be great to go along with everything else that you've got. It's just, it's good to know you have that if everything else breaks down. It's just, you couldn't have asked for a more impressive start to the season, in my opinion. You knew they were going to be Southern Miss. Beating them by 53 on a short week is not normal, folks. That is something to be really excited about. And Boston College is another kind of test like that, right? Sleepy Nooner, 25-point favorites, a team that barely beat Holy Cross. You could go up there and sleepwalk and probably win that game by a couple scores. But are you going to do what you did last year? And when you like what you did against Syracuse. Mm. Outman team, you pummeled them. 
Miami was outmanned with Van Dyke not healthy. You pummeled them. Go up there and pummel someone on the road again. That is a really good sign, too. And I like the way the – I think this all works out great, man, because the Clemson game will be the barometer because if if they do what that team that we keep looking back fondly on did, then it is on. Yeah. Uh, And if they don't, if they – you know, it ends up being a a dogfight and they still win, that's awesome, but then maybe we can chill out on some of the the comparisons that people want us to go and cross those bridges. So, like, everything is lined up to where – uh, if you talk about this team on a podcast, you really couldn't ask for anything better. It's uh, it's incredible. A couple other things on the way out, Corey. So our guy, uh, 5280 Osceola, was watching the Vitamin Energy War Chant rap the other morning. I got to echo Corey Clark's idea of having Doke's lights out as Renegade and Osceola yeah. run and then have the lights come on once the spear gets planted. It's it's like 60-40 people are on our side. There's a lot of people that think uh, this would endanger Renegade, which I don't – I mean, they're horses. They hang out outside at night all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're, we, we can light it up like a runway. We're not saying, like, complete pitch dark, but, like, maybe put a spotlight on old boy and then a spotlight on the Th- – That's what I was thinking. It's like I didn't even I didn't even uh, articulate that during the, the war chair rep. That's what I meant. It's like a spotlight is there kind of following them. Yeah. Uh, like they did for the National Anthem. By the way, I thought the lights were cool. I liked everything about them. It made them brighter. I thought the uniforms popped better. Mm. It was cool. It was awesome during the national anthem what they did in there. Um, I just think with the ability for the those lights, you turn them off, except for the middle of the field. You have the spotlight on. Renegade comes, or maybe it's they're all off completely, and you just have the fire on the on the spear. Ooh. And you see, well, then you want to see though. You want to. You don't want to just see the flame though. You yeah, do want right. to see the the whole. Yeah, the whole package, uh, man. Yeah. The whole package. So you just have you know the light in the middle of the field. It's mostly dark, and then you plant the spear. The lights go. The lights come on. Everybody goes nuts. I think it would be cool, and you can practice. Like you got you 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 got a key to the stadium. You got a key to the box where they control the lights. Get Renegade out there on a Tuesday night at ten o'clock and practice with the lights, Aslan. But how many night games are they going to have at home? I mean, Miami you know, game. That Miami is probably going to be a night game. Duke game might be a night game. I, I don't think Virginia Tech will be. Um, no, they lost to Purdue. Um, pretty disappointing loss. Shout out there. to the rest of the conference, though. Yeah, and again, yeah. Wake. Just, how about Wake? I know you love your Wake. I do. And that, that's a big win for them. No more that's a shots nice win at for Wake. Them. No more shots at Wake. All, yeah, all, I got you. All ammo. Everybody's directed at Syracuse and Boston College. Wake Forest is here before us. They're right. doing all right. They beat SEC teams here and there. I would like to throw some shade at NC State too. What they don't ever do anything. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, they, they 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 made they beat Florida Notre State. Dame earn it. They made Notre Dame earn it. Yeah, you're right. That's they beat Florida State. Yeah, that's, that's all, all they, they ever do. Yeah, they don't do anything else for this conference and never have. Um, and you know, again, Florida State. I haven't I haven't updated it. NC State's been in the top ten, I think, twice in its history. Florida State is now at like 261 weeks, and NC State's at two. Wakes at two. But Wake is a small school in Winston-Salem with 4,000 kids that has no business being as good as it is. So you're right. They do more with less. It's just that they don't do anything for Florida State. They don't bring any money into the conference. That's why I get um, – and plus they have a media member that I'm not too fond of. Yeah. But So I get I, I hand-ring a little more about them than I should. But, yeah, it's good, good for them. What a great start for the ACC, too, uh, against the SEC. Yeah. Florida State beating LSU, Wake beating Vanderbilt. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, North Carolina beating South Carolina. Correct. I think there was another there was, one. There was another one. It's slipping my mind right now. North Carolina. Yeah, you say North Carolina beat South Carolina. Um, uh, There's another one, but we'll we'll figure it out. 
But uh, yeah. Oh, but I did want to say, uh, and I, I know I'm an old man shouting at a cloud. I don't care. You know, I don't think I don't know who is in charge of uh, when it comes to college football in general. Who do they bring in at a place like Doak to try to 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 create atmosphere? Mm. Like that's a job, right? They don't just say they don't just let some 21 year old say, "Hey, you get to be the DJ today." What's on your playlist? So there, there has to be a rhyme or a reason to it. There has to be somebody in control of it. Who is in control of it? Who made the decision to make it feel like to try to make it feel like an NBA game, where between every play there's seven second snippet of a of a song? You're like let the Chiefs play, man. Like this is college football. It's not the NFL. You're not gonna get. And, and my point being, I know it sounds like I'm old. There is nobody, zero people, I promise you, if you're listening to this, Mr. Person or Mrs. Person that's in charge, there is nobody, not one single person that's going to say, you know what, I was thinking about going to the Florida uh, State-Miami game, but man, they don't play any music in between plays. So I'm going to stay at home and listen to my phone. Like, there's nobody going to, there's nobody that thinks like that. They are there to watch the game and to enjoy being at a college football game. That's what they're there for. Six seconds of even flow is not do- – and by the way, I, I actually love the music choices for the most part. I thought they were great. E- well, Pearl Jam's never been played at Doak. We, that was historic. But it's six seconds of a song, and it just reminded me of when I'm watching an NBA game and Trey Young's dribbling the ball up the court after a made basket, and they're, and they're just playing you know, a run DMC. And, and so I don't understand who's – Whose decision was that? And why are you doing that? But also, I just like to complain, and that's what I figured I would complain about. Also, get rid of the punting stats on the big video board. Don't need them. Uh, The other ACC victory was Mario beating Jimbo. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? By the way, come on, Jimbo. I know. I mean, they are. I don't know where he goes from. I mean, he he leaves. I mean, he gets fired is what I just don't. I mean, the offense actually looked decent for them especially compared to last year, but they are, uh, what was the record? I think they were like three and seven in their last 10 games against power five schools. Oh yeah. One and seven. Yeah. That stat that Ira loves refreshing every week when they lose. I mean, not great, man. And he's three games worse than what Sumlin was during this stretch of their careers. Like I think Jimbo's whatever he is. Yeah. He's, he's got three less wins than Sumlin had through 65 games or whatever it's been, but Hey man, Dion's doing it. Norvell's doing it. It's all good. It's all good vibes. It's all oh, good vibes around here. But you, you brought up Dion. Uh, I didn't want to bring back the uh, the Umbridge games, but I have to take Umbridge with uh, one of our valued subscribers over at WordChant.com, who said he loves the show, loves you and me, uh, but he just couldn't take the Travis Hunter Love Fest the other day. And I went back and looked at it. We spoke about Travis Hunter for two minutes and forty seven seconds. I rounded up to three minutes. Okay. And I think it was a fifty four minute show. Yeah. Uh, so we spoke about him for four percent of the show. He's also might be in New York with your quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's a he. It's not just talking about him because you're scorned because he left, but he's a he's a serious contender. I guess so is their quarterback out there. But I I still think Travis Hunter would be the guy. He's a serious contender for the Heisman Trophy. And right now I would say it's Jordan, Travis Hunter, and the kid from Texas. Oh, Quinn Ewers. Yeah, are the are the three guys right now? But it's also September, whatever it is, twelfth. 
So, uh, so we got a long, long time till it's actually till it, any of it matters. But you're talking about one of the bigger stories in the country, along with Florida State, and that kid again. I think he played over a hundred snaps again. Can you look that up real quick, and then we'll, well leave? Well, I spent too much time on it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh. I, I know that uh, the starting offense for Florida State played 56 snaps, and I know that Jared Verse played 21. And that's really good to see because you're going to need all. You're going to need them all for much later on in the season. You hope. Uh, on the way out uh, to cleanse the palate, but not really to give us a, a, a bitter pucker on our faces. Uh, college football power indexes here, Corey. The FPI. Uh, the, the ESPN thing, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, Florida yep. State is the fifth team, fifth most powerful team on the power index. USC's ahead of them. Georgia's ahead of USC. Ohio State's ahead of all of us. Hmm. The Alabama Crimson Tide are number one. They are, they are five spots also ahead of the Texas Longhorns, who yeah. coincidentally defeated them in an actual competitive yeah. game of intercollegiate tackle football. By multiple scores. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, what's crazy about that, if I had a formula, and it might be a great formula by the end of the year, who knows, but if I had a formula that nobody knows how these things are calculated, nobody, you don't have to be that ethical if you're ESPN. I know like, the, I know the guy charting the numbers and spitting it out uh, is like, look, man, Alabama's number one. If I'm publishing that website, I'm like, well, we're not putting them number one. So either we don't publish an FPI this week because we want to be taken seriously are you're putting them in nine? Come up with some other formula. Add an X in there. So Alabama goes to nine. We can't have a team that just lost by two scores on their home field. Number one in the country two weeks into the season. Where where could that – how could that possibly be? It, because now I can't take that thing ser- – not that I would anyway. I can't take that thing seriously for the rest of time. It's the formula that has the one-and-one one team that just lost – to Texas, nine spots ahead of Texas. <laughs> your your formula sucks. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't a sucky show. Uh, we brought it for you, folks. Uh, Jeff Cameron show coming up next, one to three o'clock over on Warchan TV as well as ninety three three FM in Tallahassee Terrestrial Radio. Sunday Smashers last night. Check out the replay on that if you want something to tide you over between us and Jeff. Go to WordChant.com. We'll have a press conference with Coach Norvell and the coordinators 1130 maybe? Uh, that's usually what that's it usually. is, yeah. So we'll have that. And, hey, I think maybe we earned that thumbs up. So if you haven't done so, hit it on the way out. Subscribe to the podcast as well. We'll be back with more shows all week long because it's football season and that's what we do. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you so much for listening to Wake Up WordChant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.